he's got the opposition manager booked for saying, a ver si la peluca es verdad. Let's see if that hair is real. And <laughs> wow. And I mean, wow. f- fair fucks, fair play. I-, I I got nothing but respect for for Benega. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the football spin. Football spin on a Saturday morning after the Europa League final, the morning after the night before. And um, we're here, myself, Paddy McKenna. Nouradine Chowdhury is here as well, as is Ruben Pinder. And we're going to be talking, of course, about the Europa League. We will be talking as well about transfers, particularly Chelsea, who've been, of all Premier League teams, probably the busiest, splashing the cash. And a few other rumours abounding as well, which we'll get to involving Leeds United. But first of all, the Europa League final was Sevilla, the old dogs for the hard road. Once again, the, the cha- I was going to say the champions of Europe. Like, <laughs> Nas, if it was Manchester United, of course, it's the champions oh, of Europe. We, de- we, definitely, we, de- we definitely be holding up a finger for that. <laughs> Sevilla are a fantastic European club when it comes to playing European competition and they've once again the champions of the Europa League UEFA Cup whatever you're having yourself um, it was a really exciting game of football it was classic end to end and to be fair players who were absolutely blown out of their arse at the end they gave it all both teams but in the end Sevilla just had that bit more cuteness really and that's what it came down to Ruben wasn't it because they were really evenly matched and Inter looked really good too for well the first half anyway but just when it when it when it mattered Sevilla got the goal and then they just shut up shop yeah I think um, Inter probably for most neutrals looked like the stronger team on paper and were probably favourites um, despite Sevilla's history in the competition but uh, and the first half was absolutely bonkers wasn't it like it was yeah. it was two all after 35 minutes um and when Lukaku's called penalties for to put into one up I was like oh okay well that's you know massive advantage to Inter already Sevilla basically starting the goal from a the game from a goal down but um Luke de Jong Newcastle reject pops up with two brilliant headers before the 33rd minute it was um Sevilla were, were brilliant and that that was a big call to start de Jong because before he scored against United, he'd been on an 11-game goal drought. Uh, he's not really their usual first-choice striker. Um, but Lopetegui's decision to play him paid off. And yeah, Inter were good. Sevilla were better. But I, I think it got the second half was very cagey. And then as soon as Diego Carlos scored that ridiculous overhead kick, it just went into kind of chaos because obviously Inter were desperate for a goal. That triple sub. Ericsson, Sanchez, Moses. It was very much Conte throwing the kitchen sink at it. But um, yeah, Sevilla were, were deserved winners because they, they defended well. And um, throughout the tournament, they've they've been brilliant. Best team in Europe, Nas, to be fair. Well, for the Europa League anyway. I think I think they've just got a formula. I think I think they know what they want to do. I think they've got. I think I think probably the most important thing is that they've got this belief um, yeah. that they'll, that they'll do it. Um and 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 again, like they they combine like like organized 
football with talented individuals and 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 then also like like I, I know we jo- I know we joke about sort of shithousery and sort of how great it is but like like in games it does serve a purpose um and and they they are if you want to use the term streetwise like they are that like they they know how to win they know how to rile the opponent and uh and yeah and and and, and they did it and uh and it's not even as if uh Inter Milan played badly uh, I think I think they played quite well but um yeah uh Sevilla just find a way they do. Um, Sevilla find a way. They are the, the champions of the Europa League. Um, on Diego Carlos, just very quickly on that one. Um, Ruben, he had, a, he had a pretty eventful game. He ended up crying in the stands at the end, I think because he, uh, he had injured himself. Um, but um, it, it went quite well for him in the end. But it, it, was, it was a kind of a, a mixed bag for him up to that, wasn't it? I mean, it's the worst possible start to a game, really. I mean, it, well, the only way it could have been worse for him would be if he got sent off. Um, but thank, it's, he's got the the new double whammy rule with when it comes to penalties to thank because cynical ta- foul. He's taken Lukaku down, and Lukaku scored the pen, but he's only been booked. Whereas one day he, he once once upon a time he would have been sent off for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't really blame him for that because once Lukaku gets past you and starts running at full speed, it's very difficult to um, to stop him. I saw somebody on Twitter describe it as like trying to drag a boulder back up a hill. Um, so yeah, he, he had the worst possible start to that game. Um, and he, he's also, like, this isn't out of character. He's quite reckless. He um, he gave away the penalty against Manchester United when he flew in on Rashford, um, kind of unnecessarily because Rashford got his shot off way before he arrived and smashed into his knees. So um yeah, bit of a bit of a loose cannon, but uh I'm I'm sure everybody's forgiven him for that penalty in the first few minutes when when he sent that overhead kick flying in. Um although I mean technically it was off target, so maybe it should be a, a Lukaku and goal, but just how from how good the technique was and how audacious it was to to pull off, I I feel like he should be awarded that goal even if it was off target. Mm mm well, it was a pretty amazing technique. The classic, you know, uh, cliche of like Brazilian centre half, eh? You know, I mean, who else would have, who else? Rocket Junior, the great Brazilian centre halves I'm thinking of here when they can pull something off like that. Um, okay, well, look, um, in, we'll we'll move on from Diego Carlos. Talk about Ever Banega. It was his last game for Sevilla. I always find it really satisfying when you know, like a, a kind of a footballer like Benega, who is, he's just cool because he looks, he looks cool. He plays football brilliantly. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, like you kind of get the feeling Benega, he doesn't run a lot, but then he, he's the guy like at the end, he was the guy at the, like back on his own um, end line, like ushering a ball out of play. Like he is, he's got an amazing engine and it just completes the narrative so well that on his final game, he wins uh, the Europa League with Sevilla. But that wasn't even close to being the most interesting thing that happened for Banega during the game. And I think a few weeks ago when we talked about um, Jordan Shakiri um, and his hair transplant, <laughs> I put Antonio Conte forward for the best hair transplant in football. He was my nomination. But uh, it's fair to say Ever Banega doesn't agree with that. I, I think Conte's hair transplant, once you've seen the before picture, you can't unsee the fakeness of his <laughs> current hair. Because when I, when I first became aware of Antonio Conte, I'd never seen him play as a, as, as a footballer, or at least I'd never been aware of watching him play. Um, I'd never seen his 
his bald days when he had absolutely nothing on top and quite a lot around the back and the sides. It was a dreadful, dreadful barnet. So fair play to him for, for getting new hair put in. I think I would if I had that hair as well. But um, Ava Bonega, yeah, not only midfield maestro, but also absolute shithouse. Conte got so angry that he got booked. So Bonega from the pitch has managed to not only like dictate the tempo of most games for Sevilla, he's got the opposition manager booked for saying, a ver si la peluca es verdad. Let's see if that hair is real. And <laughs> Wow. And I mean, wow. f- fair fucks, fair play. You know, it's it's. I I got nothing but respect for for Banega. Um, on a, on a slightly more serious note, for Banega, it's quite um interesting that he actually left Sevilla in 2016, spent a year at Inter, didn't do very well, and then went back to Sevilla. Um, and obviously, as you say, he's won the Europa League in his last game for them before he goes off to <clears throat> Saudi Arabia. So um, a nice a nice end to his to his Sevilla story. I would fancy Banega in that scrap. I know. Um... Conte said at the end um, in the same exchange, and this has all been reported by Sky Sport Italia and Gazzetta della Sport, but if we had you there, Ruben, you would have had this nailed down as well, an impeccable um, delivery of the of the Spanish there. Uh, Conte hit back saying, uh, presumably in Italian, I'll wait here for you, okay? I'll wait for you right here. <laughs> so, and the, But he was a bit more conciliatory after the game saying, uh, I, I was a footballer and what happens out on the pitch Stays on the pitch. Um, Naz, who'd you who'd you back in that showdown, Banega or Conte? It's it's a tough one. Just like just because I think Conte would be tasty as well in a scrap. Like he's although he's one of these he's one of these uh, managers who's who's maybe all talk because he's very passionate. He's very in your face, and you might get a situation like you had with uh, Mourinho versus Wenger when like Marie like before that encounter, you would have thought. Sort of uh, Wenger's sort of very, very, very sort of uh, calm, very, very stringer. Whereas, uh, whereas uh, Mourinho's sort of like you, you expect him to have sort of a more of a muscle mass, a bit more sort of uh, aggressive. And yet, and yet, um, Wenger was just bossing him, sort of patting him about, sort of pushing him away. And like uh, Mourinho had no answer to that. So I don't know. Like, but I mean, the thing with uh, Benega is like he he is. He's a scrappy, he's a scrappy fella. He's he he's, he 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 reminds me a little bit of of, of like um of like that that Begby type that's not particularly big. It's particularly big, but um could hold his own. I mean, like he's he's had like be, like quite apart from from the game the game last night. He's he's actually like had his sort of runnings runnings with the law and like he's turned up um like drunk to training in his younger years. Um, I believe there was an incident, sort of, when he was younger, where, um, like shortly after joining Valencia, he was uh, he was caught pleasuring himself on a webcam, um, which which became a bit of an internet sensation. Um, so yeah, so he's so he's he's, he's had a colourful uh, uh, sort of career, um, and 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 again, like when he started, when he when he when he start, when he when he first started his career, he made his name as like a, a defensive midfielder, so. I suppose it's not it's not that surprising that that he'll he'll get stuck in and uh, and obviously like there was he 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 committed quite a cynical foul in the game that got him uh, a yellow card I think so uh, no he's he's a really interesting character but yeah I, I love that I, I love his I love his attitude towards Conte I, I love the fact that he's got no 
um level of respect he's just thinking like who are you like you're just a man with fake hair and uh and and yeah, and like I I'm like I'm after I'm I'm off to Saudi Arabia in a bit. So what are you gonna do? Come after me. <laughs> Banega is the like the Argentine footballer, isn't he? That yeah. is like, he completely embodies the stereotype of being an absolute baller and an absolute shit house as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he, but but he works hard. Like what you're saying, Paddy. Like he, I think the I think it's deceptive how hard he works because he's only got one pace. Um, yeah, but you yeah. never see him busting up, but he, he's always in the same gear. But he never really stops moving. Um, I, I love Benega. Well, I think he's, he's a great player, great entertainer. Um, and yeah, like on a slightly more serious footballing note, really crucial to that Sevilla team because um, he's always he's always there to receive the ball and and distribute it. And if you play like that sort of that sort of style, then you need a player who's going to be super reliable in possession, and, and he's that. And he's and he's and he's only he's only just turned thirty two, so you kind of yeah. think it's a bit of a pity he's going to Saudi Arabia, uh, because like mm. it'd be great to have him have him in the Premier League um, oh, or anywhere because really. it just feels like he's just arriving, like he, like he's been coming a long time. Like I remember like hearing back about Ever Benega going all the way back to his Baca days, how like good he was, and that he was going to be a guy that moved to Europe and would have a big career. He went to Valencia. And just all along the way, it just has never quite clicked from you mentioned the Inter Milan stint and that didn't work out for him. And then his return to Sevilla and he, he's 30, he's just turned 32 and now he's off to, to Al-Shabaab in the Saudi Pro Professional League. So we're probably not going to hear anything more from Ever Benega, but potentially in the Simeone mould, maybe he comes back in as that shithouse manager. Yes. And, uh, Conte, and, you know, he, he, he clashed his head with Conte again. Yeah. Yes, so that would be good. We could look forward to that. <laughs> so that's Europa League, Sevilla champions for 2020 in a very unorthodox season. Um, the Champions League is tomorrow night and it's a good opportunity as well to mention that we have our Champions League preview is live. So if you want to check that out, it's the previous episode of the Football Spin and we have geared up to PSG against Bayern Munich and uh, you can check that out now um, after this show. I'd say wait till the end of this show before you do that. Um, let's move on to uh, matters closer to the Premier League. Chelsea are once again look to be getting the old uh, checkbook out and they're going to spend big on um, a left back. Uh, ben Chilwell from Leicester apparently close to making a move to Chelsea and it's interesting because in previous seasons, you get there. Well, I've definitely had the impression, not just in the, the transfer windows that they couldn't spend in, but also in Roman Abramovich's interest in spending money on his team. There's been investment, but not to the level that there was maybe back in the day. And you had that feeling that maybe he didn't trust managers. But this um, transfer window, having missed a couple, they have gone in big and other when other teams aren't spending they've spent on big on Timo Werner on Hakim Zayic they're going to spend on Ben Chilwell and there are others uh Ruben this is this is a sign of intent from Chelsea it is yeah um they've as you said they've they've missed a couple of of windows um although they were able to bring like uh, make Kovacic's loan permanent which was a good signing um and especially given the circumstances but yeah, they they haven't really invested too much money over the past few years. Um, not entirely sure why. As you say, the managers thing maybe maybe Abramovich knows that managers only last three years at Chelsea maximum, and 
doesn't see the point in maybe allowing them all to invest loads and loads and loads because then it leads to you having these like highly paid players that the next manager doesn't want etc but um you know if you if you want to if you want to compete for the premier league title then you do have to you, i'm not saying buy your way to the league but you have to have a good squad so um yeah they they they've spent a lot of money already they've spent it on very young players um but they've spent it exclusively on attackers so far in in Werner Ziyech and um well and, and they're looking at getting a, a Kai Havertz who apparently Kai Havertz wants the move um and it's just a matter of Chelsea agreeing a fee with Leverkusen who are sort of demanding very very big money and pretty, and like possibly all in one go so We'll see what happens with that one. But um, they definitely need some defenders. And I think Chilwell's a good place to start because over the last few years, left-back has been a real problem position for them. I think, like, Marcus Alonso, it was was good for Conte's Chelsea the year they won the league, but hasn't really been very good since. Um, I think the 3-4-3 system that Conte played suited him. He would end up arriving at the back post and scoring headers and scoring free kicks and things like that. And he had... You know, he had Matic just inside and Cahill behind him and a three-man three defence to kind of make up for his shortcomings in that sense. But um, if if Lampard wants to play a back four, um, Marcus Alonso is not the player he wants. Um, I think he's defensively pretty shoddy. And um, But I've seen people criticising Chilwell. Um, I wrote up a little update on it yesterday and said, you know, Chelsea are finally very close to having a, a good left-back. And... There are a lot of people saying that Chilwell isn't a good left back, which I find surprising because, I don't know, as far as I'm concerned, Chilwell is a good left back. I mean, he starts for England, um, and he's he's been very impressive at Leicester. Like fifty million is a lot of money, but um, I, th- I guess that's just because Chelsea desperate for a left back. He's one of Leicester's best players, um, and you know it's just kind of supply and demand in that sense. So I mean, yeah, like what do you think? I I, I rate Chilwell. I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Chilwell, Nas. Yeah, sh- sh- shades of latent veins for me. Um, that's that's what I think too. Yeah, he's, he's, you know what? he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid between latent veins and like Luke Shaw because he kind of moves a bit like Luke Shaw, but yeah. he's got like much better technique like latent veins. But th- but that's the thing. Like 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 uh, I'm being semi serious about sort of latent veins just just because like he he's he's not one of these he's not one of these attacking wing backs or full backs who. Who has got an obvious um, frailty in his defensive work? He's he's a solid defender, and yet does have the sort of uh, attacking impetus to, to to sort of go forward and actually do stuff with the ball. Um, it's interesting you mention Luke Shaw, um, Ruben, just because he he does he does get he's not got a huge amount of pace, but he does get forward. Mm. But what he does with the ball when he goes forward. It, it, it at times can be painfully conservative yeah. and painfully unimaginative because essentially, essentially, what um what Luke Shaw does when he goes forward is is basically set up uh shop there. He he'll go forward, he'll stop where he is on the wing, and then and then um players when they're passing the ball round will have the option to pass it to Shaw, who will then pass it back to a midfielder. There's there's no creativity within yeah. himself, and and there's none none of this sort of like like a blasting down the wing and sort of getting something in or sort of like even taking a shot or anything like that. He's so I, 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 I'd say that, that, that Chilwell actually is, he makes things happen a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, the comparison I was making was more, um, 
just the way he moves. Just the way he moves. They've got yeah. very similar running styles, but um, but going forward, he's he's a lot more, as you say, like Leighton Baines with the the amount of good crosses that he puts in. Um, so yeah, I think he'll, he, I think he'd be a great addition to Chelsea's back line. They just need to then buy two more defenders. I think Thiago Silva apparently going to be one of those. I mean, they could do worse, couldn't they? He's, I know he's thirty five. I know he's thirty five, but he's playing in the Champions League final tomorrow, and in the recent Champions League games, he still looked pretty solid. Um, mm. He doesn't look like like he's not as quick as he once was, but he's not like dangerously slow. He's not like Mertesacker slow. He he can he can shift, and um, he's he's a le- he's a leader. He's a free transfer, and if there's if Chelsea is struggling to get the centre back that they want. Um, I think they want to get Declan Rice and play him at centre back, but West Ham are holding out for like north of 80, 80 million, which is insane. Um, then yeah, just get Thiago Silva in for for one year, and then you know maybe two, maybe in his second year he can be on the bench, um, and then he can retire at the age of thirty seven. Because uh, I mean, <clears throat> he might come and be absolutely terrible, and we can then confirm that Liga is a farmers league. But um, I think. Short term, Thiago Silva would be a good good signing for Chelsea because that defensive line is inexperienced as well. So I think they'd benefit from from that as well. I I also find it sort of and again like you were talking, Ruben, about um, people sort of like taking the piss um, uh, on, on Twitter or whatever, whatever about Chilwell. Uh, the same things being said about uh, Silva for different reasons. Like people are taking the piss, and and I and I don't get it. Like I, no, I mean, either I, I, I tweeted I tweeted the story and said. Um, he might be 35, but he's better than Lewis Dunk. And I had, I mean, admittedly, probably all Brighton fans replying saying, <laughs> no, he's not. I was like, Thiago Silva, Lewis Dunk. And they were like, yeah, Lewis Dunk's better. I mean, <clears throat> come on. Well, it's, well, it's, I mean, I don't know how much of it's genuine. I don't know how much of it's ill-educated. And I don't know how much of it is this this sort of uh, really sort of like boring partisan uh, uh, attitude on on on. on on mm. social media where it's kind of like it's kind of people who use the phrase uh um i don't know like like they'll be like uh, uh my captain would never or something yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah, what yeah. you're on about you you're yeah. like a you're like a 30 year old man Johnny. You know I mean? <laughs> like yeah. they, they 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 preemptively mock um transfer targets before they've even signed yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well well also like okay like i i get he's he he's like in his mid 30s now but like you say like he's he, he's 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 in a he's in a Champions League final. When's the last time you've seen him embarrassed? Like 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 when when is the when has been the last time you can say oh he was at fault there or he was totally turned around by a by a striker or he was he was absolutely embarrassed for face. Like he's he, he's um the one thing Chelsea have got is like a number of younger sort of defenders who perhaps haven't sort of uh, shown their the full potential or, or, or perhaps could do with a bit of leadership next to him. That's exactly what uh, Silva does. Like, he, 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 he's he got a uh, Pembe next to him who who has benefited from playing with him. Um, and, and, and also th- this attitude of, like, even if you sort of uh, convince somebody that he's, he's actually still a really good defender and uh, still looks very accomplished, they'll, they'll argue, well, like, oh, yeah, but he's coming into the Premier League, and that's different from the French league. Blah blah. blah. Like that is true certain, to a certain to a certain extent. The same way any league is 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 a difference, and you've got to get used to it. But 
at the same time, you've got people saying, "Oh, it's a faster league," and and he's got you've got to get used to sort of like defending sort of like faster plays, and 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 and, and uh, there's a the whole pace of the game will be too much for him. Like at the same time, you've got all these English clubs and clubs from everywhere trying to sign these really pacey, attacking, mobile uh, forwards in the French league, and it's kind of like you can't have both. It's so it's like, yeah. I, 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 I do I do wonder I mean maybe maybe a part of it and, and again like Twitter's Twitter can be quite bad for this. It's like maybe there's like a a bit of a sheep mentality where like as soon as somebody is condemned as being old or somebody's condemned as being shit or whatever, that just becomes like everyone's sort of they're first finished. thought. Yeah, they're finished in that in that in everybody's minds once they yeah. get to that point. I think Liga and the Premier League are more similar than people would like to admit. Um yeah. because I mean what, what so this the like go to um thing to say about the Premier League when somebody's joining from France, say, as you just said, is like, oh well, you know, the the physicality of the league, the pace of the league. It's like Liga is fast and physical. It's not it's like Syria and, and La Liga are probably more different to the Premier League than Liga. It's they're just uh, they're they're sort of implying that it's it lacks quality, but citing a different reason for that. But like Thiago Silva trains against Mbappe and, and Neymar, so I, th- I think it'll, I think he'll be fine. Um, trying to handle Chris Wood, to be honest. <laughs> you see, I mean, I mean, in, in in one way, you're cursed with having such a sort of a critical mass of uh, Brighton fans following you. That sort of like <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you sort of uh, sort of the brunt of their donk fervor. <laughs> yeah. Um, can can but... somebody explain to me the whole situation? Is it is it who, who's the who's the lad who leads one from from Brighton? Ben White. Because because Leeds fans like any Leeds fans I follow or like Leeds fans on on my timeline that is all they're focused on. They're obsessed yeah. with this white guy. Well, he he um he played in centre back for them uh this season last season. I don't know what season we're in now. Um, <laughs> on loan from, on loan from Brighton and, and was like you know really really good sort of br- brilliant on the ball um as well as you know doing the basics of defending right, which is why they're so desperate to to, to get him back. Um, for the Premier League because he he was such an important part in their promotion team basically. But Brighton know how desperate they are for him and they're holding out for for a lot of money. Um, and I think I think there was the possibility that say Dunk would leave and then Ben White would become more important to Brighton and then Leeds wouldn't get him. But the fact that Dunk's just signed a new contract, maybe Brighton will be could be persuaded to sell him to Leeds. But um, yeah, they're just they're desperate to 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 keep him because he was he was so good for them uh, on loan basically. Right. Um. I, I've got a quick question for you, Paddy. Go for it, Naz. Um. Because because we're talking about sort of talented sort of young, uh, England English defenders. Like, what are your thoughts on on John Stone's career? Because like mm. his his stock seems to be very very low at the moment. Like, and again, we talk about how like, uh, fans on Twitter sort of take the piss out of certain players. Like. Like I've seen, I've seen discussions amongst sort of fans of of United and other teams where like the the name of John Stones has been broached and it's been laughed out as uh, as in like oh no we don't want that clown and like he was he was the great hope. Yeah, it's interesting because he you know his career was on this incredible upward trajectory at Everton, where he came from Barnsley. And do you remember in preseason, like his first preseason at the club, he scored this Panenka in, yeah. in, in in America. And that was kind of went viral. It was like this guy, because we'd already heard that he, he was a really good center half. And then like, the, oh, wow, he's actually, he's got a bit of a, a, a touch of 
I wouldn't say arrogance, but a lot of confidence in his own ability that he'd step up and as a central defender and in this be first game for the club would just score Penenka. And at Everton, he looked he looked really good. Now there was lapses in his play, like he had these moments. He was playing obviously under Martinez as well, and 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 under Kuman for a while, a little bit maybe briefly under Kuman, but there were moments where he was caught out. But he had Jagielka beside him as well, who probably was kind of nursing him through. It's a classic thing where he goes to a big club and it's a big step up and there was a lot of pressure on him and it just hasn't worked out for him. But there's no doubt, I, I've seen conversations amongst Everton fans, would you take John Stones back at Everton? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Because I don't think he's gone, I don't think this is a Jack Rodwell situation whereby Everton sold him when he was already in decline. And Man City were silly enough to spend a lot of money on him at that stage. No, um, I think that Stones has had a bit of a setback here. It maybe hasn't worked out for him. And it would probably do him the world of good now to come back to Everton, take some of the pressure off him. You know, the Everton fans would probably, I would imagine, would welcome him back. And God knows, like Everton do need, I was going to say defensive cover because they actually have a good partnership there in Holgate. And Holgate's an interesting one. Holgate also came from Barnsley and didn't get half the fanfare that Stones got. And and now Holgate is seen as kind of, you know, the next big yeah. thing from the centre half. It's tough, isn't it? Like, because it, but, 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 the big move, you know? But, but, but like, the thing with Stones is that, first of all, he's only 26. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely sort of room and time for, like, rejuvenation. But, oh, 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 I mean, secondly, like, the Everton that he left is very different from the Everton that he'd be coming to now, just in terms mm. of ambition and resources. And I don't know, like, like my my, I mean, like, I say my biggest prayer as if as if I, I sort of stay up at night thinking of John Stones, <laughs> but like, like, like I, I I do think it would be a little bit of a pity if he, if he just just decides to stay at at City and and doesn't sort of, uh, as not a first team player. And that that ends up being his career, whereas like it's a big sort of like uh, question mark of what could have been, rather than like you say going to Everton or somewhere else and just having this rejuvenation. He definitely needs to leave now, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he's been sixteen times that season. Like he's behind. He's behind Eric Garcia in the pecking order. Like Pep, Pep had a lot of faith in Stones to begin with, probably too much. Um, and now he's now he's finished with him. Um, and you can understand why. But yeah, I agree. Like he's not. He there's still time for him to have a good career um i think like i i I kind of fell for the hype i don't think he was probably ever as good as as we like to think um but like there there was a good player there and um as paddy says probably the the step up to or too big of a step up too soon maybe um and you know at city he was very exposed um given the way that they want to play. But again, that's why they signed him because of the way they yeah. want to play. So it's kind of one of those weird ones where um, his his strengths were also his flaws kind of thing. Um, and it's sometimes I've wondered whether he's actually a great passer or whether he's just a very confident passer and just like too calm um, because he's not, do you know what I mean? Like he kind of, he, he has the ball and he never panics when somebody presses him. And then he'll play. He'll play short passes on the ground, and then he'll try and play a long pass on the ground through lines, and then it will get intercepted. And it's like, are you actually a good passer, or are you just really confident? Um, but I mean, now he's probably not very confident. But I think a move to Everton would would do him good, or maybe somewhere like Leicester. Like they sign if they sell Soyuncu, or you know, Evans is getting on a bit. 
um, a club like him might be able to to get him back to his best. He's coming into his best years as a centre half. Like yeah. centre halves tend to mature and hit their peak as 27, 28. And so he has like he has all the raw materials. Just needs the right club to get him back on track. Oh yeah, and 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 you could easily at twenty six at twenty six you could easily see him playing another like seven years at, 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 at like top level if he if he sort of like uh, finds somewhere that fits him properly. And, and it's like it's like a, a very easy thing to say, I suppose, is is like oh Pep Guardiola, this 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 football genius that is supposed to improve every every player that he touches. Like it's obviously not worked for John Stones, but but like I mean maybe maybe some of that is true. But then like also you like like Ruben alluded to, like maybe 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 playing for a, a team that play like Sitter and play like uh, Pep Guardiola wants them to. Um, isn't quite the right fit for him, and and maybe he just needs to go to a a club where where essentially it's it's quite a solid unit, and then he is the one player out of the back who is then charged with sort of like uh, bringing the ball out and sort of like uh, coming into midfield, and I, th- I think he'd probably relish that more. I, I've got an interesting sort of idea for for Stone. So I I didn't come up with this, my. Basically, my friend mentioned this to me years ago when he joined City, and it's just come popped back into my head. Johnny Evans went from Manchester United to West Brom, didn't he? And obviously, he was he was fairly well established at that point. But Johnny Evans is also a very good ball playing centre back. But he went to West Brom, who played at the time the complete opposite to how City played, and that turned him into one of the best centre backs in the Premier League because he he learnt like defensively he just became so solid without losing that that ball playing aspect of his game. Now I wonder whether Stone's going to City so so young kind of neglected the um the side of the game playing without the ball and only focused on like I'm not saying Pep does never does defensive drills, but like they want to dominate every game. So the side of his game where he's got the ball at his feet was focused on a lot more than the side of the game where he has to, you know, read passes and defend it as a unit and, and etc. Um all of that. So I wonder whether going to a more defensive team, as Nos kind of just said, um, where he where he would be developed more in that sense would have benefited him more. And then maybe at this point now he'd be ready to join to join Man City. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an alternative reality, and that probably would have suited him better. And I think to wrap up on John Stones, I think he has always been a very slick footballer. He looks nice on the ball and that, but it's aggression that's as a centre half that maybe is the thing that he's lacked. Mm. And it's not too late to bring that out in him. Like, and dare I say, I'm going to put it. I'm going to go one step further and and give you somebody who I think could manage John Stones. And I actually think he needs another English centre half beside him just to remind him what that's about. I think John Stones, Burnley, bear me, hear me out, uh, Sean Dyche, and Ben Mee. I think Ben Mee's a terrific centre half, and him mm-hmm. alongside Stones might just be able to bring out that kind of aggression that he needs. Two yeah, seasons they, get a get to move to a big club like Everton. They, they, they could probably get they could probably get some money for Tarkovsky as well. So he'd be there. You go. I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to say Roy Hodgson. He can learn from Gary Cahill. But um, there we go. either are either are you know whatever yeah. whatever I mean, works best. We need to, we, we need some defenders that don't break every ten minutes. So. Yeah. As a, as a partner, Cahill would be very Jagielka, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're the same oh, yeah. player. Yeah. They're the same player. <laughs> they're the same player. 
the exact same person. When when they when they played for England together, it was oh, it was weird. Yeah, it it, it messed it it messed with the sort of uh, with dimensions because they weren't meant to ever sort of come into contact. It's like Back to the Future, where like <laughs> the, the old Michael J. Fox and the young Michael J. Michael J. Fox aren't meant to touch, and that that's how twenty twenty happened. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Do we have time? We have, we, let's very quickly mention Leon Bailey. Who is Leon Bailey, <laughs> Ruben? That's a fair play. I think that's where we should start. Leon Bailey is, yeah, Leeds want to sign Leon Bailey, uh, apparently, according to various reports. Um, he's a winger. He's at Bayer Leverkusen. He's left-footed. He's very quick and he's got a decent goal threat. Um, he plays for Jamaica, right? Uh, there was actually... There was rumours that he could play for England a couple of years ago and everybody got very excited because he was doing well in the Bundesliga. Um, turns out he can't play for England. Um, but he's he's one of these Bundesliga talents that's kind of... He's rated, but not quite as highly rated as the other Bundesliga talents. Like, I think Havertz and Sancho kind of entered their own level. And Leon Bailey is just a level below that. Um, but, I mean, if Leeds could get him from Bayer Leverkusen, I'm not sure how much he'd cost. Uh, he'd be he'd be a really good upgrade on on what they have on the wings at the moment. I think they've got Helder Costa and Jack Harrison who got them up, and you know they're fine. But they're, but Leon Bailey would be an incredible addition to to lead the squad. So we'll see. I, I can't see Leverkusen wanting to let Havertz and Bailey go at the same time. But um, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. He's the kind of footballer on paper that even if you don't know who he is, and if you Google him and you look at his stats as a fan. If you're a sort of for a mid-range Premier League club, you think we want him at the club, and that was evidenced by because Everton have also been linked with him. Mm. Where on uh, I, one of the Everton fanzines, the poll was, "Do you want to see Everton sign Leon Bailey?" And the replies were like seventy percent yes. And then the reply to that, another poll <laughs> underneath that tweet, "Do you know who Leon Bailey is?" And also. 70% no so it doesn't matter whether you don't know who he is he just he he looks like he's the kind of player you want at your club based yeah. on his uh, his stats and he plays and, for Bayer Leverkusen That's and fans cool. just want players don't they yeah they fans do. just want any signings they, it's like a it's like a drug they just they'll take anything when it, when they get desperate enough but um yeah, yeah uh that, I mean that that's that's very funny but uh I think Everton could would probably could do with Leon Bailey I guess but um I mean, so could Leeds, and so could like. There's a number of yeah. clubs that probably would be improved. Everton, Everton have got loads of wingers. Actually, they need to shift a couple before they sign any new ones. I think. Yeah, uh, centre midfielders is what Everton are after. Um, okay, look, that's probably us. Thanks a million for uh, the chats, uh, Ruben Pinder, uh, Nuruddin Chowdhury, and um, thanks to you guys for listening. And uh, if you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get these shows into your feed. Never miss a show. And we're off to have a weekend of it. And then, you know, it's the Champions League final tomorrow night, Sunday night. And looking forward to that. Just to remind everybody, myself and Nas have gone for Paris Saint-Germain. And Ruben, after talking up Paris Saint-Germain and uh, Neymar in particular, has gone for Bayern Munich. So just remember those Monday morning when we return. And see who's going to be. I completely forgot who I'd backed in that in this game. um... (laughs) I'm glad I've reminded you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Go the Bayern. All right. Okay. We talk soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. People's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? (laughs) It's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. 
We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.